Andino, Andina, the story continues. There was a knock on the door, and before I could get up, I heard Anna's voice. Hey, Jack, is it tea time yet? I laughed and saved the document I was writing and went to unbolt the door. Soon steaming mugs of tea joined the plate of freshly baked and still warm bread Anna had brought. I hope you don't mind me coming over, unannounced. If you do, just say so and I'll leave you to your work. Don't be daft. Of course you're welcome. I need a break now and again. I have a workaholic streak that needs to be kept in check. I took a careful sip of my tea. Too hot. It's sort of a regressive family holiday. The cousins are over and it's chaos. The music is cranked up, the TV is blaring, and the oldest kids are fighting over the remote control and what to watch. Even though mother is just out of hospital and ought to be in bed resting, she's holding court in the family kitchen, or lecturing more like. The younger kids are chasing each other around and screaming, crying and fighting. The men are drinking and bragging in some unofficial competition. I set the dough for the flatbreads ready and made these. She nodded at the plate on the table. I was just rattling around trying to stay out of the way to keep my sanity. I don't like drinking and anyway my mother forbids the women in the family from drinking in the house, especially when we have guests. There's just nowhere for me to go and I'm bored stupid with women's stuff and mother harping on about how valores tradicionales love and approve of homemaking. A woman's place is in the home taking care of family and all that rubbish. You're welcome here any time. You know that, or at least I hope you do. These are amazing. I took another appreciative nibble of the delicious baked wonder. What's that gooey stuff inside? Chirimuya. Anna looked at my blank face and giggled. It's a fruit. Oh, wow. It sort of tastes like what custard is trying to be. Yummy. You'll have to show me. Sure, I'll bring some next time. They look really ugly. I laughed and only just managed to avoid spraying crumbs all over the table. Anna sighed contentedly when Kachina chose that moment to come over and make herself comfortable on her lap. She stroked Kachina's purring pretzel self. I'll see if I can stay at Risha's tonight, if she doesn't mind. I don't want to sleep on the floor in my own home, because my mother has offered some relatives to sleep in my bed. You're welcome to the sofa if you like. I'm sure Tonya won't mind. Thanks for the offer. I'll be fine with Risha. She's used to me staying over. Well, the offer is there if you need it. I took a sip of hot tea. The other day you mentioned a new type of vehicle Felipe was working on. Yes, the Terreno, or the Terrainer in English. Do you want to tell me more about it? Sure. The totally unique thing about it is it has this fluid moving gravity center underneath that keeps it steady in rough terrain or on steep climbs. Like when you lean backwards a little when you walk down a steep hill, or forward when climbing. It sort of holds it to the ground almost. Then, with all four wheels working independently, he had to work out a new way of steering and auto-controlling the stabilizing motion. It aims to keep the pod level by automatically extending, or whatever is the opposite of that. The, the legs of the wheels, or whatever you want to call it. I shrugged. I had no idea. As he described it to me, and keeping in mind that this was over two years ago, 
It has two motion sensors, or steering points, that you need to line up to keep it from going all over the place. The actual steering itself is like a triple function joystick, or like some aircrafts, he said, where the tilted angle represents speed, although it does not go very fast when the wheels are working separately or independently in bad terrain. The more Anna talked, the more excited she became, and the faster the words came pouring out. I smiled and tried to follow. Then, on the outside of the circle, that shows 360 degrees of turning, so to speak. When it's at its lowest angle of 45 degrees, it's at its lowest speed and the most agile. You can even turn the wheels sideways to park, for example, which I think is a really nice trick. It takes a while to get to the equivalent of reverse, because the wheels can only drive one way, though they can freewheel. So one at a time the wheels come up and turn around, two or all four, depending on what you want to do, and then you can drive backwards. At 90 degrees it's at top speed and you're only allowed to do very gentle course corrections, very slow turning options, on a dirt track or free landing of course. Generally you use the angle, which is also the equivalent of a motor brake, but there's also the option to brake pushing it hard down. There are no pedals, so you can sit on the left or the right or in the middle, driving with the hand you prefer. Now it was my turn to go, wow, he actually built one? Not yet, or maybe by now he has. He was working on it as a project for his middle year hoping to be able to build a prototype as a final piece as a senior. He'll be amazing if he can pull it off. Yes, he will make terrain and places that are currently only available on foot, or when the snow is deep enough and compact enough to use a snowmobile, more accessible. Such a radical idea. I hope he does it. Oh, he will. He's stubborn as a goat and he has a way of getting people to want to cooperate and work with him on his ideas. He's always looking around his head for things to come up with, for solutions to what he sees could be improved upon. The more I heard about this guy, the more intrigued I was. I could see that someone that visionary would be an asset on the ranch, and also how quickly they would get bored and restless. I can see why the two of you would choose not to complicate things by adding children. Kids are a full-time job, and an often boring and repetitive one at that. If you are not prepared to make them your top priority, I think more people ought to reconsider. But it's not natural. Anna mimicked someone I assumed was her mother. We laughed. Are you going to put that in the book too? Anna asked. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Do you think I should? I don't know. Perhaps. Maybe not. Who knows? What do you think? I can't remember reading a novel where women had chosen not to be mothers unless they had some really demanding high-flying career. Not relatable people, living real lives. Not the kind of ordinary people you went to school with. Give it some thought, Anna nodded. I have a feeling girls especially need to hear that there are other options and to have it affirmed that making other choices is okay. More than okay, actually. It's absolutely fine. Make it socially acceptable no matter what their motivations are. It's okay to want to explore other things instead, in depth, or not. A bit of general support for the ones who choose not to procreate would go a long way, and to not push, 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 for cousins, for grandchildren, for playmates. There is enough people on this planet, as it is. Allow everyone who wants to break and bend the gender stereotypes to do so, if that's what they want. Allow for more ordinary role models living among us. Normal people. That's you ruled out, then? Anna laughed. Why? What? 
I didn't get what was so funny. You call yourself normal? Anna's eyes sparkled with mischief. I wondered what she was getting at, but her good humor was beginning to rub off on me, making it hard not to smile. She would be a good role model, I thought. Open-minded, warm-hearted, and a good listener. She probably was an inspiration to her students. I'm no one's inspiration. I don't glow with contented happiness. I'm just me, muddling through, doing the best I can. No more or less fucked up than the rest, I hope. That's not what I was thinking of. You talk to other dimensionals. Go on nocturnal, out-of-body adventures, in the company of cats who are really aliens. Is that normal? Anna was crying with laughter. Well, I suppose not, I smiled. Not yet. One day it will be, I hope. What I meant is, I'm not role model material. I'm just like anyone you have met. Someone who could be living not far away from here. Someone who's not rich, not famous, not particularly successful or outstanding in some way. Not someone you've only seen on TV or in the media. Isn't that what the world needs, though? Living examples? Well, yes, of course, but who'd look at me and be inspired? I'm just me, you know. Not bubbly or charismatic or particularly witty or funny. Just unusual. A half-English, half-French person living in Mexico who can't even speak Spanish properly. When you put it like that, I suppose you've got a point. Anna had a mischievous glint in her eye. I, for one, think you're selling yourself short. Why would I want to alienate myself even more by going publicly against the heart of Latin culture? If asked, I'm quite open about being child-free by choice, but I don't particularly want to advertise it. Even if it turns out there are others like you, Mexican women who would love not to feel alone in their desire not to have a breed of their own? Well, when you put it like that, of course I do. It's just that I'm not sure I'm ready for the flip side, you know, being hissed at and spat at in the street. It's amazing how threatened people feel when you choose to do something other than what they are up to, not to mention the very real possibility of online vitriol. Especially if it's what they secretly wanted but didn't or couldn't go through with for whatever reason, Anna said shrewdly. I would even take the rotten eggs or the mouldy yoghurt thrown at the door. What I fear most is for the safety of our cats. Just like any parent, in other words, protective of your charges. You really have thought about this, haven't you? Of course I have. And getting back to the original point, I'm under no illusion of being an inspiration. Who knows what other people sees, Anna said. Since you have thought about this so much, if you could have a say, what would you suggest? What, some kind of elevator pitch? Give it a go. Consider why you want kids, over and over and in depth. Stop treating half the population like they don't know their own minds, and stop pushing with stupid arguments like, what if you change your mind later? Or worse, you will regret not having children when you're older. What if you regret having them? That's a lot worse regret to have, and there's nothing wrong with adopting. Examine your motives and don't sprog off unless you really, really, really want to have kids. Unless you're a thousand percent sure, just like those who choose not to. If you're undecided, you can always help and play with your friend's children and you can give their parents a break. You can be a terrific aunt or uncle or you can foster. You might never change your mind 
and if you do, deal with it. I might never train for a marathon, I might regret never having had the experience of being that fit, and live to regret not having run a marathon, Anna suggested. If you know from an early age that you are not interested in having children, that should be respected. Don't insist giving dolls to a Lego girl. The odds of someone having a complete U-turn all by themselves, and not because they're being pushed from all sides, is not that high. Or it's more a question of a mid-youth crisis, a vague sense of longing for something undefined, wanting a change or a purpose. Maybe work hasn't lived up to your expectations, or your life feels stalled or stuck in a rut going nowhere. If you're feeling a bit lost and lonely and unsure what to do about it, and your friends are busy having families, if you don't have a strong conviction either way, I expect it would be very easy to become convinced offspring is the answer, that some mythical biological clock is ticking away in secret, not a desire for a child, just an undefined emptiness, some unfulfilled need that community and spirituality used to fill once upon a time. Society and those around us are ever so quick to interpret any vague longing for something undefined as fertility-related, especially for someone over 30, that it's your body's way of telling you that you're about to miss out. What about all the other things you'd miss out on if you do? The things we never had access to before, like travel and education, or just having a choice in the matter? Anyway, tell me a bit about Risha then. She's lovely. She has excellent boundaries and she's sensitive and very perceptive. I get that. Still, I can't seem to get a grasp on her. What am I missing? Do you know what I mean? I think so, Anna said slowly. Risha once described herself to me as a new human, gender neutral. She's balanced. She walks between worlds or dimensions or timelines or alternative realities. She says she could never compromise or subject to another. I can't say the thought of subjecting sounds very appealing in any way to me either, I said. Nor do I, but remember Risha is of a different generation. Anyway, she wants to teach living mindfully by example, and at the same time learn as much about everything as possible. She has often said to me that she thinks she is in the world, but not of it. Hmm... The way you put it makes me think of Nikola Tesla for some reason. The in-the-world-but-not-of-it part. Devoted to making the world a better place, not to another person. I think I remember her once describing herself as an observer, Anna said. A human-bodied scribe from the eighth dimension, whatever that means. In service to the world, I said slowly to myself. Yeah, that fits. That makes sense, kind of. It does? Anna had a curious look on her face. Sort of. It's complicated. Can I ask her about these things, you think? I can't see why not. She may not advertise it, but she's been very open with me about it, even the parts I don't understand. To me, she's simply Risha. Whatever she is, it's just how she is, you know? I don't have that much to compare with. Yeah, I'm guessing the world at large may not be ready to hear about the future just yet. Mm-hmm. Just ask her. The worst that can happen is she tells you to go make tea. I laughed. That's true. She does seem to live mainly on tea. 
Andina Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales 2014 and 2021.